What you just heard <clears throat> was the body cam footage of one of the officers that responded to the school shooting that we had uh, in Nashville this week. Okay, Officer Rex Engelbert and Michael Colazzo responded to the school, and they shot a 28-year-old, well, biological woman who transitioned to a man um, who was attacking these kids. Uh, six people were killed, and well, let me back up. There's a lot to say about this, okay? There's a lot to say. Um, first things first, we watch again as politicians sit there and politicize this. Oh, it's about the guns. It's about this. It's about that. Let me tell you something. Let me focus on something else for a second. The shooter, who I'm not going to say it's, or her name, his name. I don't know. I'm not going to say um, his name, Okay. I will say this is yet another emotional liberal nut job doing this, and the vast majority of them are, and the media does not tell you that portion. Okay, they don't tell you that the vast majority of these shooters come from homes where the parents are registered Democrats. They come from homes where the fathers aren't involved. Okay, they come from homes where, or they suffer from mental health issues, and the family just wasn't doing enough, or there wasn't enough that could be done. Okay, this individual was known to have suffered with mental health issues. They had a, quote, emotional disorder, according to family, okay? This individual trans, or, um, was transgender, um, transitioned from female to male, okay? And he got it in his idea that he needed to do this shooting, okay? And they do this for, for a variety of reasons, Okay, and I tell people this all the time. Okay, first of all, first of all, if you're going to break down the character of these shooters, stop characterizing them as the kid that got bullied. That was never the case. It has never been the case. This is not the quiet kid that got bullied who wears a black trench coat and The Matrix is a favorite movie. Okay, no, that is not who's doing this. Okay, it's the narcissist who does it. The person who blames everyone but themselves. The person who thinks they're a victim of everything. The person who's loud. Okay, this is that kid you went to school with who failed the test and blamed the teacher. This is the kid who got a bad grade and said, well, the teacher doesn't like me. Okay, we all knew that kid. We all knew somebody growing up who would have these uh, outbreaks in classroom, who would yell, who would scream, who would say stupid stuff, who would be emotional and stuff like that. And really, all the problems that they had really kind of came down on themselves. Okay, that's who your school shooters are. These school shooters pick schools because the crime is so horrendous that it gets national and international media coverage. Their names get plastered all over the place, which is why I'm not going to say this person's name. Okay, they get plastered all over the place. They are con they're, they're made infamous. And sometimes they do these things because they're simply trying to break the previous record. Okay, and sometimes they release these manifestos and they talk about how they're trying to get laws changed or trying to do this or trying to do that. Okay, they're radical in this way or that. Okay, that's what they're doing. And they choose schools because schools are simply soft targets that get a lot of media attention when they get shot up. That's what it comes down to. Okay, and I've preached this before and I'll preach it again. It's absolutely sickening and ridiculous that our schools continue to be soft targets.
Okay, the same liberals who tell you we should get rid of guns to protect our schools are the same idiots who don't want school resource officers, who don't want schools or don't want guns on campus at all. They're the same idiots who will fight you when you say let's put armed security on these schools. We can give a hundred billion dollars to the Ukraine, but for some reason we cannot put armed security in our schools. We cannot upgrade our schools with better security things like buzz-in doors and stuff like that. $100 billion to Ukraine for a war that, I don't know about you guys, to me it just reeks of corruption and money laundering, but whatever, that's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different conversation. Okay, but we can give money, but we cannot protect our children. Okay? And the answer from the liberal left, well, it's the guns. It's the guns. No, the guns have nothing to do with mental health. I checked. I, I opened up my safe when I got home today and I looked inside and nope, they, none of them escaped. Uh, none of them went on any rampages. None of them went jumped up. No, people kill people. Guns don't. Okay. And then you know what? If you look at Europe and you look at Asia and you look at the, the attacks that they have, we really learned that guns really aren't the problem. You take away guns from a society, you make them too hard for people to get, fine, they'll have knife attacks. They'll use butcher knives. They'll use machetes. Okay? They'll use bombs and stuff like that. Okay? It doesn't matter. It's a mental health issue. It's, 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 a, it's a wide variety of reasons, and we can never really define it or nail it down to anything. Okay? That's what's going on. Okay? But you know what? You, talk in, you go to the news, and you especially these liberal... Uh, news outlets, none of them mentioned that this person was transgender. In fact, they all mentioned, well, the gender wasn't clear. The gender wasn't clear. Okay. No, it, it was a biological female who transitioned to male and decided this was the thing to do for whatever reason. As far as I know, um, they have not released a manifesto. I usually don't like talking about these things so soon because I like to wait for all the information to come out. You guys know that. And I like to kind of go back when everything's out and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's what we know. Okay. Now I'm going to talk, actually, you know what? I'm going to take a quick break really quick for commercials because I'm going to talk about the next part of this, which I think is so important and I don't want to cut it short for a commercial break. So let me take a break really quick. Hey folks, I realized the gold commercial for this was getting, well, old. So I decided it was time to re-record it. Grandma's Pantry Pocatello.com. That's Grandma's Pantry Pocatello.com. One of our oldest sponsors. It's Brian and Kim, my good friends. Uh, for all your custom jams and jellies, I have a case of them in my pantry right now. Very unique flavors. If you have guests coming and you want to just wow them with something different than your typical strawberry and grape, Grandma's Pantry Pocatello.com for your custom jam and jelly needs. <laughs> There's an important thing to note here, and I want to make some comparisons. You guys remember the Uvalde, Uvalde shooting down in Texas? Okay, the cops botched it, and I gave them the benefit of doubt on some things, but what they did was simply just not what we're trained and taught to do. Okay, we've learned a lot of lessons from these active shooter scenarios over the years, whether they occurred at schools or malls or, or other types of terrorist attacks or whatever. Okay, and we learned starting with Columbine that this whole old school way of just surround and call out was not going to do it. All right, that's not going to do it. 
Okay. And the way, the easiest way I could dumb it down for fellow cops and stuff and people, or, or just people who kind of find themselves in these crazy situations, they might be a concealed weapons carrier or anything like that. Um, I, I explained it like a squirt gun fight, right? If you're out there with your kids having a squirt gun fight or, or you're out there with your nieces and nephews having a squirt gun fight or a nerf battle or something like that, you understand you're kind of a one man show and tactics more or less go out the window. Right? It's not about slowly moving up a hallway and moving room to room and clearing it room to room. No, you're just running. Like If you're having a nerf battle and you see the opponent down the hallway, you just run down the hallway. You don't worry about all the rooms you're passing up. Right? And that's kind of how we're approaching these school shootings now. You get to the scene and you sprint on the campus. You just sprint on, you head towards the gunfire, you find the person, you put them down, and then you work your way out, clearing the rest of the school and... Uh, offering first aid to the people who've been injured and stuff like that, right? But you start by by eliminating the threat, okay? In Uvalde, the threat basically got held up in a classroom and they had this monkey see, monkey do problem where the first cop did not immediately kick in the door and go and confront this guy. Therefore, the second cop didn't immediately confront this guy. The third cop didn't. And next thing you know, it was like this weird standoff with people injured and shot in this classroom and stuff like that. And it took way too long to resolve. And the cops were often seen and painted up as these cowards, and I know that's a strong word to say because, frankly, um, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I'm sure some of those cops at least live with regret, thinking, wow, what the hell was I thinking? How come I didn't just go and kick in that door or whatever? I'm sure some of them are dealing with stuff. I, and, but whatever, I'm, I'm not going to be kind to them because, frankly, what they did was not what we were taught to do. And it did come down as cowardly. And maybe that was an administrative problem. Maybe they just weren't being trained the way they were supposed to. Maybe they didn't review that training as often as they should. I don't know. I'm not going to dive into that. The reason why I'm going to change things up a little bit, though, is because this latest school shooting, they did it right. Okay, this person comes on campus, I believe it was about 1020 in the morning, 1021. Police received the first call for help at 1023. Cops immediately go there, code three. They immediately get out there grabbing their rifles. They're AR-15s, by the way, these <clears throat> military-style assault rifles. They go on the campus. They rush through. Um, if, you watch, if you actually watch the body cam footage, you see they're moving quickly. They are using some tactics, right? They're covering their corners and going like that. But they're basically heading towards where the shooter's at. They, uh, you can assume that these cops have never been in the school before. They don't know the layout. They don't know anything. So, But they are moving. I could honestly watch the video and say these guys are moving as honestly as fast as reasonably they can. Sorry. Uh, they, they're, they're moving as quickly as they can. They find the person. They put them down. Okay. There's multiple gunshots. They put them down. They continued shooting. They said, stop, let go of the gun. Stop going, stop moving, stop whatever, you know, and, and, and boom, it was done. It was over. Okay. I believe it was a total of six minutes. Okay. I could be wrong about that. I think it was three minutes from when the cops started to when they actually located it and put the person down. Maybe it was a total of six minutes from the time the cops arrived on campus. I don't know. I was having a hard time finding a complete timeline in that regard. But the point is, is they did exactly what they're supposed to do. That's exactly what we're trained to do. Okay, that's what I was trained to do. Okay, you don't sit there and just surround and call out or go hide in a stairwell like that idiot in Florida did. Okay, you don't sit there and just barricade somebody in a classroom while you have injured people down. No, you kick in that door and yeah, you might get shot. Okay, but you know what? That's, that's, there's kids in there. There's kids in there that are shot and dying. Okay, I don't care about me anymore. It's about them. Okay, and yeah, at the end of the day, the goal is to get home, okay? But there's, there's not a child life I'm not going to be willing to lay down mine for, okay? That's just, that's not how I'm programmed. That's not how I'm taught, and that's not how all my partners are taught, okay? Here's the other thing, 
that nobody, not everyone else is talking about. I've, I've seen some people kind of touch on this too. Here's the other thing that's important. Okay. Um, the police chief did this right. Okay. And the comparison I'm going to make is to the Las Vegas shooting. Remember the Las Vegas shooting where the, where the rich guy had all these guns. He moved them into a hotel room. He simply put a do not disturb sign on there. He, he cut out a little piece of the glass and boom, he was raining bullets down onto a Jason Aldean concert. Right? A lot of people shot. A lot of people killed. Okay, it was a terrible incident. The problem with that incident is they were withholding information from the media. Okay, they didn't let everything out. Okay, and as a result, if you search that stuff today, if you look on YouTube, if you look on TikTok, if you look on all these social media platforms, what you're going to find is a ton of conspiracy theories. Why? Because when you don't tell people what's going on and what you know, okay, people fill in the gaps and they start making up their own stuff. And that leads to misinformation, which is a complete injustice to the victims and their families that just want answers. Now, in comparison, this police chief, he released information. As they learned it, he released it. The name of the shooter, he released it. Okay, the officers, Rex Engelbert and Michael Colazzo. Okay, he released it. He released their body cam footage. My computer's being stupid right now. Okay. He released the body cam footage. He gave away all the information, okay? In other words, when you're the first one to let that information out there, you control the narrative, okay? You control it, right? So if you have some embarrassing thing happen to you, okay, and it's not really something you want people to know, but they're going to know and they're going to talk about it anyways, it's sometimes a lot better for you to go forward and talk to your kids or talk to your loved ones like, hey, this happened to me, blah, 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 just so you know. That way you control the narrative and you control what they know and you can get your story straight. Okay, it's no different when it comes to press releases or anything else. Okay, you get out in front of it. You say, hey, this terrible incident happened. This terrible incident happened. These were the people shot and killed. Here's their names. These are the two officers who, who located and put it down. Here's the body cam footage. Here's all this stuff. Let's pray and mourn, and let's not make this some political stunt. Okay? That way, there's no conspiracy theories. Okay, we know who the shooter is. We know who their family is. We learned that the shooter sent the Instagram message to an old schoolmate from back when they were kids, and that person even said, I don't know why this person reached out to me. I haven't talked to him in years. Okay? We haven't seen each other since high school, but for some reason, they did whatever. We know all this information and, it only, and it's, it's not that old. Okay, the shooting didn't happen that long ago. Okay, I think they were smart to do that. I think that was the best way to do that. It prevents conspiracy theories. It, it prevents misinformation. Okay, and it pacifies the public as we get more information. We, we feel better about things when we try and understand them. Okay, and that's exactly what's happening. It was smart for them to do that. Okay, like I said, a great comparison was the Las Vegas shooter. A lot of people will be like, well, we don't know, government conspiracy, there was a second shooter, there was this, there was that. No, because they freaking held up information and they didn't let people know what they knew at the time. Okay, it was stupid. It was ridiculous. A, another great example of this, I think it was, oh, crap, it was here in California, it was some bank robbery. And the bank robbery, I want to say it was like in Central California, was it Modesto? I can't remember. But it was a straight-up Hollywood film-style bank robbery, all right? These guys, this happened, I want to say, like, eight years ago, ten years ago. These guys had AKs. They robbed the bank. They took two hostages. It starts off with a police pursuit. And these guys were hanging out the car, shooting at the cops. The cops were shooting back. It was nuts. It went insane. The, the crime scene was basically 60 miles long. These guys were going out on the freeway and going up and down and back and forth. 
the cop, the car would lose, lose the cops and stop. And the cops came over the corner. They'd open fire on them. You know, um, it was just crazy, just insane. Okay, it finally ended with a standoff with the car. I don't know if the car died or came to a dead end or something like that, but it died. The cops kind of did a horseshoe around it. The guys came out in a blaze of glory. Boom, everyone opened fire. The hostage was killed. Okay. Okay, this was not a happy ending. But the police did not, um, they did not cover it up. They did not hide what was done. The chief came out and he, he did a press release and he said, this is not our finest moment. This is what happened. Okay, this hostage was killed. Okay, the city ended up paying out a lawsuit. I believe it was about $20 million to the hostage's family. Okay, and it was done. They owned it. They owned their mistake and they owned what they did. Okay, and you know what? That chief kept his job. Those cops all kept their jobs. Okay, some of them went into counseling and therapy because they felt like they were the ones who really screwed up and, and, and shot the wrong, even though there's, I think, probably a dozen cops that got involved, right? I mean, it, it, you know. I mean, that was, it was tough, but they owned it. And the public, I think, appreciated it. Okay, you know, when it, it, it always looks worse when you're trying to cover things up. Right? I, I say this to people, I, I've said this to my kids. Like, if you're not doing anything wrong, don't act like you're doing something wrong. Okay, if you made a mistake, just own it. I told my teenagers that, too. Okay, if, if you're messing up, it's better I hear it from you than it is I hear it the hard way. Okay, if you messed up and you got an F in class or you messed up a test or something like that, it's, it's better I hear it from you than when I get that report card and I'm like, what the hell? Right, it's always better that way. And I'll counsel and advise any police agency. Anytime you have a major incident, critical incident, whatever it is, get in front of it, release the information that people want to know. Okay, now I understand sometimes investigations are ongoing and stuff like that. And you're like, well, I can't release this person's information yet because uh, we're writing a warrant. We haven't arrested them yet. But the moment you can, you get all that information out there. Because if you don't, people are going to fill in the gaps. And they're going to start assuming you're incompetent. They're assuming you're not doing your job. They assume you're going to start covering stuff up. Because there is a general distrust towards police officers. And it is what it is. So get that information out there. I respect what the Nashville PD did. I respect what these two officers did. They did it right. They did what they are supposed to do. Um, the national conversation, do not get caught up in that bull crap. Okay, they're already talking about banning assault weapons as if that would have made a difference. They're already starting to talk about making it a gun issue. Okay, but they're not making it a mental health issue and they're not making it a lack of school security issue. And that's, those are the two things that really are the problems. Okay, it's a lack of school security and it's a mental health of the youth here in the United States. Hey folks, if you're like me, I get really sick and tired of spending five, seven, eight, 12 bucks every day at Starbucks or Dutch Brothers or one of these other coffee places. And then you turn around and hear about places like Starbucks and how they treat law enforcement and how cops are getting kicked out. Well, I got a new company for you, right? If, if you're at that point where you just want to make good quality coffee from home, I want you guys to check out my new friends, 1097 Coffee. This is a law enforcement and veteran owned local first responder theme business. Now I want to pull this little expert from their website. 1097coffee.com, all spelled out, no, no numbers. 1097 Coffee was created in support of our first responders. This includes our military, police, fire, dispatchers, emergency medical services, and our motto is support to all. If you're looking for a company that supports causes you believe in, check out 1097coffee.com and order from their either medium, dark, or dark roast selections. That's 1097coffee.com, and you could also find them on Facebook or Instagram.
Alright guys, really quick, I am not an expert on this stuff and maybe this would have been a good topic to bring somebody in on. I do have somebody in mind, but it's not going to be this week that we bring them in. Okay, there's a lot going on in regards to the economy that it's not being talked about, right? We, we, we're talking about school shootings this week, we're talking about guns and stuff this week, we're talking about a lot of things. I mean, there's, uh, there's scandals coming out with the Hunter laptop, there's all sorts of stuff that's coming out politically and nationally and internationally. I suggested earlier that I think that $100 billion of Ukraine is being laundered and coming back to the U.S. and lining people's pockets in one way or another. Okay, I, I, there's just so much going on and stuff. But one thing that happened a couple weeks ago is two banks failed. Two banks fell apart. Okay, um, immediately the federal government steps in and they said, oh, we're going to you know, keep the federal banking uh, system uh, from collapsing because sometimes when one collapses, it causes a rush in the market. People start selling all this other stuff, bonds, yields, everything's just fall apart. And it's, it's really complicated. It's really hard to explain. And I'm no expert in it, which means it's even harder for me to explain even the stuff I do understand. But here's, here's what I'm trying to counsel you guys on. Here's what I want you guys to think about uh, your finances. Okay. If you have any type of retirement plan, whether you realize it or not, you own stocks. If you have a 401k or a 403b or some other plan going on, you own stocks. Okay, now's a good time to monitor that stuff. Now's a good time to get in chart and get in, get a hold of your financial advice, especially if you're hoping to retire in the next couple of years. Okay, get a hold of your retirement people and take a look at that stuff. Okay, sometimes you might have to ask them to move things into more conservative accounts, accounts that are less likely to fail or fall or, or lose money on. Uh, sometimes you have to move into other things. Uh, some people have even gone as far as to start investing in precious metals, right? Because if the American dollar's value falls, um, precious metals tend to hold their value, right? It's like an insurance. You won't necessarily make money off precious metals, but you can at least secure the money you have. So some guys will call up and say, hey, I want 10% of this retirement, whatever, to be invested in precious metals. Put it in gold, put it in silver, put it in something so it simply just doesn't go away all, all 100%, right? So uh, there's definitely some economic issues. So when you're watching the news and you get these Democrat politicians say, oh, the economy's strong and the border's strong, stuff like that, those are obvious lies. Anyone who, who's at the grocery store and says inflation a lot it knows it's a lie. Anyone who goes to the gas pump knows it's a lie. The Fed just raised the rate. Okay, when the economy sucks, we're supposed to lower the rates, right? Because that, in, that increases borrowing, which increases spending, which helps the economy. When they raise the rates, they're slowing things down and trying to hedge from inflation, Okay, and the easiest way to explain inflation is simply say that when you treat something like it's not worth anything, it becomes not worth anything. And when you spend billions and trillions of American dollars, okay, when you're $2 trillion over our, our, our own budget, federally speaking, okay, when you're sending $100 billion to Ukraine, when you're, when, you're, when you're just spending money like mad and treating it like it's toilet paper, guess what? It's going to be worth the same as toilet paper, and that's what's happening. Okay, so take a look at your financial stuff. Take a look at your retirement investments. Okay, I am no financial expert by any stretch of the imagination, so do not just go off my advice. All I'm encouraging you guys to do is take a look. If you don't have anything in the bank and you don't have any stuff, I guess you don't have anything to worry about, but these are things to think about. Um, if you're looking for opportunities, hey, believe it or not, a collapsed um, stock market system is actually an opportunity to make money for people who don't have anything because if values drop, hey, maybe you can invest and buy something and actually start getting into this game a little bit. I don't know. That's for you guys to figure out, for you guys to decide, right? Okay. Now, true to tradition, I cannot possibly 
in this podcast without touching with our friends or without getting in touch with our friends over in Florida because I have to see what's going on. Okay. Now, I look at the Florida headlines, and of course, there's, you know, Florida man criminal found in an attic, hiding underneath all the insulation. He actually pushed his face up against a, an air duct for breathing. Smart guy. They still found him, though. Uh, let's see. Florida man charged for doing something gross. I'm not going to talk about that. Florida man. Um, oh, here's this Florida man. Um, he was in the middle of a manslaughter trial. He was out on bond, and he left for lunch, and he simply didn't return. Well, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm on trial for a felony... And I could see the trial's probably not going well, and they let me go ahead and leave for lunch. I may not return either. These are things to think about if you're a judge or a lawyer, just so you know. But the story that kind of stuck out to me, it's not uniquely Florida, but it's definitely not, well, I don't know. Not something I would do. But it's this Florida man facing domestic violence charges for allegedly slapping a woman in the face with a slice of pizza. Guys, I love pizza. Okay, I love it. It's great. It's cheesy. It's bready. It's everything. It's all there. Okay, I cannot imagine wasting a pizza on somebody else's face. Not to mention when I have a perfectly good hand and it hurts more. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for domestic violence. What this man did was wrong. But my gosh, I would finish the pizza. Wouldn't slap it across. Actually, you know what? It's probably kind of funny to slap it across somebody's face. I'm not going to lie. Anyways, he's being charged with domestic violence. So leave it up to a Florida man to take a perfectly good pizza and turn it into a weapon against somebody who's pissing them off. All right, folks, that's all I have for you today. Again, this is Disturbing the Peace Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, any topics you want me to talk about, it's DTP at USA.com. Again, that's DTP at USA.com. If you disagree with me, DTP at USA.com. If you make a solid point, or if I realize that maybe I was wrong about something, DTB at USA.com, I will read your opinion, I will discuss it, and I will correct myself if I need to. Again, DTB at USA.com.